podcasting from Chico, California, tucked in between some of Northern California's best freshwater fisheries. This is the Barbless Podcast, a podcast about NorCal fly fishing, guiding, fisheries management, and sustainability. If you have ideas or any questions for the show, leave the guys a voice message on the Barbless Podcast hotline, area code 530-636-2523. Also check out http colon slash slash podcast.barbless.co, where you can download past episodes and show notes. Be sure to follow them on Instagram at barbless.co and connect with them on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash barbless.co. Here's your hosts, Chad Alderson and Nick Hanna. Fish on. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us again on the Barbless Podcast. Nick and Chad are here um, on a cool piece of property and on the water episode. Um, we're here in the Big Chico Creek Ecological Preserve um, that Chico State owns, right? Excellent. Yep, Research Foundation. Nice. And uh, we're here with uh, Eli Goodsell, who's the manager of the uh, Ecological Preserve. Eli, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks, man, for uh, having us down here. I, like I told you, um, I grew up, it, you know, this fueled my passion of fly fishing up here and hiking up in the stream and riding bikes up here as a kid and climbing over rocks and catching these beautiful fish that are up here and um it's awesome uh, just being here on the water and being back up here it's it's really cool yeah cool you got place. a pretty killer office man <laughs> yeah it's, it's not bad it's not bad going to work every day well tell tell our listeners a little bit about the um property some history about it and how you guys acquired it and yeah what you do now absolutely um well i'll start you know from the beginning um 50 million years ago I like it. <laughs> to be exact um, do we have enough time for that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go year by year. Um, yeah, so 50 million years ago, you know, Forest Ranch, this area was pretty much beachfront property. Very cool. Um, so, you know, there's actually evidence, uh, you know, on the reserve itself of when this used to be the bottom of the ocean, which is really cool. We've got the Chico Formation. You can actually see, you know, shells and different... Seashells in the, ro- yeah, yeah, in the rocks. Absolutely. And, yeah, absolutely. So, so pretty, pretty cool area. Um, so fast forward a few million years. Um, and... Uh, we had indigenous people living um, up in this canyon um, with, you know, the food sources and just, you know, the, the pretty mild climate. Um, it was a, a good area for um, the indigenous tribes. Uh, Which was the Machup? The Machupta tribe. Yeah, the Machupta tribe has been up here um, and we work with them um, with some of the programming we do up here and, and ensuring that, you know, any archaeological sites that we find that we work with them to ensure that we, you know, respect their, their heritage and their history up here as well. Um, turn of the century around, uh, you know, 1900, I think it was uh, just after uh, 1900, we, um, the Lucas family came in and um, uh, uh, took over the property and uh, ran cattle out of here. Um, and then 100 years after that is when we purchased uh, the property. So uh, we, um, the university uh, got two parcels of land. One was the Henning Ranch, one was the Simmons Ranch. Um, and uh, in partnership with a number of different Agencies and nonprofits, we were able to make those two parcels into one reserve, which is the Big Chico Creek Ecological Reserve, just 3,950 acres, um, which straddles just about four and a half miles um, or one tenth of, of Big, Big Chico, Chico Creek. Creek. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So, talk a little bit about the uh, access of Big Chico Creek. Uh, you know, obviously, we have Upper Park right out of Chico, um, which a lot of people can go in and swim and, and access the creek um, that way. Um, talk a little bit about that and 
this area. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, re- really, we are one of our main missions is, um, you know, preserving wildlife up here. Um, so we have limited access um, to the creeks. Um, but we are open uh, to, for the public to hike in um, from our gate, which is just uh, below Forest Ranch on a 14 mile house road mm-hmm. um, where people can actually hike in and access our property on any days that are not hunt days um, uh, during daylight hours. Wow. Uh, so people can hike in. It takes a little bit of a trek to get to the creek um, if, right. if people want to fish it. But we do About have 25 a, minutes down and, and an hour back out. Yeah, if, absolutely. If you want to make the hike. <laughs> yeah. If you want to access a, you know, a small portion of our creek, that's yeah. probably the, the quickest way in. Um, and, uh, we do have, um, barbless artificial lure, um, fishing from, uh, November 1st through April 30th. Yep. Catch and release only. Catch and release, Catch and release only. only. Yeah. So from, from the mouth of the Sacramento river up to bear hole is open June 16th through October with regular fishing regulations. And then on, uh, November 1st through, uh, April 30th, like you're talking about. Um, it opens back up from the bear hole all the way up to the boundary of the ecological yeah, preserve. So, yep. And, our, our boundary upriver. Yep. And then it's closed to fishing all year above, yes. above that. Yep. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, <laughs> I was, this is obviously one of my favorite places. I grew up fly fishing here and people, you know, why are you talking about this on a podcast? But the access is extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, people get injured all the time. Just, just hiking the Creek, trying to get up, you know, up the upper park area. Um, poison oak everywhere, you know, rattlesnakes everywhere, ticks, ticks everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's It's a very tough place to access, but, um, a very special place due to a lot of the things you just said with how much history is here. Right. And as Chad got to experience this morning, we've been fishing a little bit. Yeah. So, um, very limited access, um, tight fishing regulations. Um, and, and you mentioned hunting. So, uh, I was amazed that people are actually allowed to come in here and, and hunt the preserve. Talk talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, um, when when we got the uh, the property, it's actually um, you know it's connected to a conservation um, easement um, deed through uh, Fish and Wildlife, mm-hmm. and as part of that, um, as we own and operate the property, um, we must allow or, and we do allow hunting on the property. So yeah. we have. Um, spring turkey season and we have a, which is a fall deer opening season. this weekend yeah uh, open last weekend oh really yeah yep. we had we had an early open up and oh. we had two uh two groups come up this last weekend for kids, um, for kids yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah right right um so we actually have a lottery system um for most of our hunts and then we auction some off through california uh, deer association and rocky mountain elk foundation as well yeah i thought it was i thought again that was pretty wild to hear but when you think about it the hunting has been taking place in this area for three thousand years with that indigenous tribe and it, it's just part of the ecosystem yeah it's, yeah it's part of the ecology yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean and and you know in terms of you know the creek itself and how we look at the entire property and honestly property that surrounds us as well is treating it really as you know managing the watershed so you mm-hmm. know we you know part of our stewardness of taking care of the creek is ensuring that everything you know upstream and all the tributaries that run into it is that we're we're managing that in a way um, that you know is more natural. We we put uh, prescribed fire on the land at times um, in partnership with uh, and, you know other nonprofits and state agencies um, and really try to replicate some of uh, the land management practices that have been happening for thousands of years here. Um, and I think that's why you'll you'll notice that the creek is can be different in places as well. And there's a there's a pretty stark difference between when you're hiking up and you go from lower park to upper oh, park, right. and then you come here, it, it's almost like a different world. Well, you start running you pine, you know, start running into some 
pine trees. Yeah, and it's, it's completely different, man. Like the, it's not it's not canyony and rocky like it is. It's slick, that slick lava. It's a completely different topology here. Yep. Yeah. I've dislocated my shoulder hop, you know, rock hopping down in that lower section of yeah. the creek because of those slick rocks. I it's think I very... fractured my platella right above, <laughs> right above Salmon Hall <laughs> and then fell in yeah, just for good measure. Seen all kinds of, you know, hurt myself up here. You see a lot of people, you know, swimming nude up here and <laughs> a lot of, there's a lot of crazy things. Talk a little bit about the, the wildlife that you see up here. Um, turkeys, we have deer. Uh, bear, salamanders. Mountain lion, yeah. we saw a salamander. <laughs> salamander sex balls. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of salamander year. Salamander orgies all around, the, all around the river. Oh, right yeah. Now. We should have seen last week when it was wetter out here. We were driving around our, our Kubotas and we were having to stop every 100 yards or so and throw uh, newts off of the off the road because they were just Crawling everywhere. Around everywhere. They're everywhere. There's Absolutely. a ton of them. Yeah. Um, and what, what's, do you know what species this is? Because I see them in, on every watershed. I've seen them in McLeod. I've seen them in Deer Creek. I've seen them here. Yeah, I'm, actually, I don't. I mean, like I've, I tell a lot of people, I'm, I'm not necessarily a, a naturalist. I'm right. more of an administrator, but um, uh, I'm, I'm learning more and more. I've been here for just over three months now, and um, yeah, I mean, this is it's just a yeah. dream job. You know, yeah. I, I, I left a, a lot in a, in a career to come here specifically because of what this land is and what this property, not only what it is currently, but the potential right. um, to not only educate people through. Um, Chico State and the, all the classes we've got you know almost 2,000 students that come up every year and have educational experiences up here through Chico State um, but also in the community mm-hmm. um, so we're, we're hoping you're talking about access a little bit and we're hoping to start to develop um, you know a, a, some more um, intentional access for anglers on the property right. um, you know I think feel like they can play a really important role of um, coming in and actually helping tell us what they see in the creek. Yeah. Um, one of the most, you know, with limited resources these days, um, you know, we're and 3,950 acres that we're constantly all over the place. Um, we, we aren't able to pay as much attention as we would obviously want to. Yeah. Um, so bringing people down here and being able to get uh, information on what they see down here um, is, is going to be really important. You have, yeah. some cool, you have some cool classes that you, um, that when you bring people down here, so uh, mushroom, some mushroom yeah, so we, we have um, identification classes. Yeah, right? we have mushroom uh, identification classes up here. Uh, we've got uh, a bird watching uh, tours that come up here. We've got hikes, uh, you know, this time of year um, to do wild wildflower identification and hikes. Um, we're also doing many more um, citizen science type of activities, which mm-hmm. is bringing people out, to, whether it's doing uh, moth counts or owl banding. Um, or butterfly counts, uh, mammal counts, all those types of things. We're really wanting to engage the citizens so they can come up here. And, you know, not necessarily, we're not Upper Park. We don't want people necessarily to access us like they do Upper Bidwell Park. Right. Um, we want to make it much more intentional, and we want people to be able to come out here, but we want it to be an educational experience yeah. Yeah. and really grow that appreciation for land conservation, um, and not only conservation, but management. Very cool. Um, so, yeah, that's one of our, our big goals. That's out awesome. Here. Yeah, you know, we, we were talking before the podcast, and, you know, how how the uh, Nature Conservancy handles the McLeod watershed, you know, where they do limited access each day, exit surveys for analytical purposes. Uh, it, I think, you know, a model like that would be pretty cool. Yeah, know, and that here. and that's what I, I would like to, you know, like I said, I'm about four months into the job, but I'm, I'm hoping to, yeah. over this next year, really develop some of uh, more of our community engagement activities yeah. um, and, you know, and start re- uh, a more robust volunteer program, but also programs like that where we can, yeah. we can determine what the correct level of access will be 
I mean, like I said, we're open daylight hours. As long as it's not a hunt day, people can hike in. Yeah. You know, if they're willing to spend the time and hike in, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but we also want to make sure that other people have access that might not be able to hike all the way in. Yeah, or, I'm, you know. I'm sure we've got listeners that would be intensely interested in, in getting kind of like Nature Conservancy, McLeod type access. And if you needed, you know, focus groups or whatever to kind of help plan that out, we could probably get a few 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 listeners that are local to, uh, you know, give you some ins- their input. Yeah, and, and people and, should and probably experience. help help kind of build it out too, and figure out you know signage and yep, you know stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. People should experience this. I mean, we're sitting yeah, here in this it, open it, meadow, it's and it's, I can't, it's beautiful. It's just it blows my mind that it's ten miles from. Yep. Chico. This is oh, it's crazy. Next, next to the Sacramento it's River. Totally this crazy. is like having a safari, being on a safari. Yeah, I mean, it's you know? I can't even I can't even put into words how cool it is up here, you guys <laughs> that are listening. Yeah. It's killer. No, people are it's their killer. mind is blown on a number of ways. Um and part of it is that it's so close, right? Yeah. It's so close to Chico. You know, we're yeah. you know, you, you get here before you get to Forest Ranch. This, this <laughs> could I mean, honestly, this could be a destination spot. You know, for a, a lot of anglers that are really passionate, the one you know, I'm thinking and non anglers, non anglers alike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, and when we have when we have our hunt auctions, we've got people that come from. I, we've had people yeah. from out of state that yeah. will bid on hunt auctions to come out here and access this land. Yeah. Um, you know, because it is uh, so rare, and we you know, there's about um, 40 hunts that happen for the entire year. And you mentioned um, only six bucks being harvested. Or yeah, something six like that. was were harvested in the yeah. fall. Um, and part of it is that, you know, we, we do maintain roads out here and there are some game trails, but we're, you know, it's, it's, it's wild out here. Yeah. So it's, somebody comes out and it's, you know, we don't have, you know, feeders out there or any of that kind of stuff. It's, you know, mm-hmm. this is what it was back in the day. And, you know, it's, it, you know, it reminds it me of, um, the first Jurassic park where they, <laughs> they go out on the first tour and they, they're in the, they're in the Jeep, you yep. know? And, and they're on the back and the dude stands up out of the top and he looks and there's like a Brontosaurus tire, whatever they're called, <laughs> sitting there. And, and like just off the trail is completely wild. And the only thing that's manicured is the road. Yep. You know, that's kind of what it's like. It's not the first time I've heard the reference of Jurassic Park out here, um, especially when we put them in our orange Kubota and we're yeah. driving around. And there's always people are talking about like, oh, pterodactyls are going to come flying out of nowhere and it, it, all that. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it's just un, un untouched, man. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. And there's so much to explore. I mean, like I said, being here for four months, I've you know I've gotten around a bit of the property, but yeah. I mean, it takes somebody like you know we have a volunteer out here, uh, Paul Maslin, Dr. Paul Maslin, who was a retired biology professor who um, I've heard a lot about. He spent a lot of time up here. Oh yeah, I mean he's been vol- I mean he's been out here for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I mean we've had it for next year is our 20th year anniversary. Wow. He's been here every single time. Um, and after he retired. He started volunteering out here. Um, I think last year or the year before, he finally cut it down to five days a week. Um, he used to be coming out six <laughs> days a week, um, but he works out yeah, 40-hour work weeks, volunteer out here, and it's you know this is his playground. Um, and so you know, it it shows how it can draw people in and how unique it is. Is when mm-hmm. someone's willing to spend you know over a thousand hours a year Sweet. just to volunteer and do actual mm-hmm. work out here yeah. and really restore the land hiking around this property there's things i grew up in butte county i was born here in butte county and the first week on the job i saw stuff out here that i'd never seen in my entire life that just blew my mind <laughs> flying squirrel right yeah 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 uh, so yeah we do um owl banding out here we did a uh, hundred and just over 180 i think uh sawwet owls which is actually the most prolific owl in north america but nobody ever sees them because they're you know the size of a coffee cup they're pretty mm-hmm. adorable um and we were uh 
we were we had netting up and we were we were calling and we were catching those owls uh, to do banding um and i mean this was a little while ago but they went down to to to, to take the owls out of the net and there was a flying squirrel stuck in the net so that's wow. crazy I, I, I had no idea they were even around here um we've got game cameras we've got ringtail cats you know black bear obviously um mountain lion a friend um, of ours that listens to the show quite a bit was actually down here hiking by himself and and was cornered he said by a mountain lion oh, and basically really? stalked him up the trail a little ways. Oh, wow. He kind of just sat there and looked at him, you know, wow. but he saw it. Freaked, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've, I've got people bit. up here that have been working for years and they, well, it was right around the time where they're, um, it's, it was mating season, I think. Oh, for okay. them, right. Interesting. So right around February yeah. I think, is when they start making those crazy screams. Oh and, yeah. I mean, I've definitely seen, um, a lot of evidence of them and I know that our volunteers have seen a bunch of evidence mm-hmm. of them. Um, but usually, you know, they see you a, a lot during yeah. the day, but right. you never, never see, see them. them. Yeah. So that's, that's really cool. Um, we got a ton of really interesting research. I mean, there's, uh, I was just going through the old files and there was research where, um, they brought pig car- carcasses up here and they, um, placed them around the property and then they watched how bones dispersed. So in terms of wildlife wow. coming and eating and they, and they would actually tag the bones. So then they had all the trail cameras. So you'd see um everything from hawks to of course uh vultures and then you know black bears um, coyotes and coyotes come in Whoa. and 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 pull pull pieces of the carcass out and then we'd, they'd find bones in different areas so it was interesting to find distribution um it was part of an archaeology class that's pretty cool yeah it's pretty neat wow um yeah this <laughs> like i was telling you I grew up fishing this creek and um one day, we, my friend and I were hiking up the trail, and all of a sudden, just it sounded like trees were falling down and crashing, mm-hmm. and a big old splash into the river, and we could just see a, a nice little window right down to the water, and it was about a 300-pound black bear that, that yep. we had spooked and ran down and was running up running up the other side. Yeah, but, uh, we have uh, we, we definitely have a, a, a mom and, and three, three cubs on the property, um, and we might have more, but those, uh, we've seen them where a cub will climb an oak tree and and shake the tree and knock down the acorns and then the mom and the other couple sit there and, and eat them. So yeah, I, like I was telling you earlier, um, I started on the dark side of the forest fishing conventionally up here, but then quickly, you know, trans went over to fly fishing, just seeing all these nice trout come up and, and eat dries. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I've said it before, but the salmon fly hatch and, you know, originates basically on this stream here in March and April, and then works its way up the, the States to up to, up to Montana by June. Um, so we started conventional fishing and then, uh, you know, we'd go into, uh, nymphing, you know, yeah. with an indicator and catching a lot of trout. Um, and then I found that, you know, fishing streamers and dries became my favorite thing, favorite thing to do in here and, um, catching mostly rainbows, but there are some, some browns in here, to, um, and salmon. There's obviously. browns? <laughs> Whoa, hold back up. Uh, and salmon too, as well. It's obviously, that's probably one of the main reasons the, the tribe, you know, we're hanging out here for that food source. Yeah. Um, tell us, tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the university has been doing research out here, um, you know, for years and years. Um, you know, Dr. Paul Maslin, one of the volunteers out here that I mentioned was, um, he's done research in the, um, from the, you know, mid eighties through the nineties out here doing fish counts and things like that. Um, and yeah, we used to have a, a larger salmon run, uh, up here. The droughts know. kind of 
Yeah, the drought and then also the Iron uh, Canyon Fish Ladder in Upper Park. Um, right, that's you know, what, it's been an issue for a long time. It's been time. an issue. I know that they're, they are close. I think they got within like $400,000 of about a, a $2 million fix on that on that ladder. Um, but then that fell through, um, I think around 2014-15. Um, that project fell through. But yeah, the salmon, because, unless it's really high flows... Um, the salmon have trouble getting up that ladder. Sure. Um, that being said, we have seen we have seen salmon up here. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, last year it was you know in single digits, uh, wow. but that means that there's there's some that are making it up that ladder, which yeah. is a good sign. Yeah. Um, we, we hope to be able to see more, especially if we have years with high flow. They've but, actually flown. I know. I know a couple times in the past they've captured salmon down low in the creek, put them in a helicopter, and flown them. Yeah. all the way up here into these cooler, bigger pools. Yeah, um, they've also taken um, salmon from uh, Feather River and transplanted uh, them up here, um, and all the way up to you know five hundred thousand, half a million uh, salmon annually. I don't, I don't think that they they took really well. I don't think they came back after that. Um, right. At least in, from the research that I've looked at, um, but we did um, a, a partnership with uh, Fish Bio. Uh, that came out of here and worked with students and our just, sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Great. Yeah. And they did uh, uh, snorkel surveys and then taught the, the students kind of how to, you know, do those types of things out of this class. Um, and I, I believe that the last study that they did out here, there there was an estimate of um, about twenty five hundred um, uh, rainbow up yep. here, um, and up to uh, they they were estimating around two hundred brown. Um, so you know, around you know four and a half miles of of Big Chico Creek. Um, right. That's pretty pretty solid. Yeah, then those. I mean, those fish. could be six inches, eight yeah. inches, right? Yeah. Pretty small fish, but all the way up to. I mean, there's some fourteen, that, fifteen, that sixteen one you had inch. On was was thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, solid, solid trout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, the, we we definitely have, um, we definitely have fish in the stream, um, and like I said, we haven't been able to get permitting to do um, a lot of uh, fish surveys over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Why um, is that? Um, I think it could just be it could be some turnover um, in faculty, but also um, you know just just working through fish and wildlife um, the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Sometimes it can just the bureaucracy of getting the permits can be a little bit tricky. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that there's other backstory. It, it to that, seems but, like they would make it as easy as possible to pull data. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I know that they come in. So, so Fish and Wildlife decisions. does come into the property. They've got access to the property. They'll come in and they'll they'll do sampling. They'll do they'll okay. gather data. Um, but you know, my hope is that by you know having intentional um, you know programming for anglers down here, we can get more data um, with people that are fishing the stream and saying, hey, this is I I hooked you know three rainbow today, and this is the size they look right. like. You know, um, yeah. those are the types of things that. If they can help us with that type of citizen science, then that's great. This is very similar to the McLeod. And it's it's interesting because they've been doing it for so long up there, like since the 70s, right? Yeah. 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 And they basically said one fish per hour. They got it down to how many fish you'll catch. Since the 70s. And that's kind of crazy to think about. Wow. Even with the technology, and I've said this before, even advancement with the in advancement gear. in gear and all yeah. that, it's remained one fish per hour since, it, since they started doing surveys. Well, uh, you know, we're not. And and we're talking like their sample sizes are high enough to have statistical significance. Yeah. So well, that's the thing for us crazy. is you know we might not you know ever end up letting you know a thousand people come out here, right. but if we can start gathering data and allowing people to come in yeah. and and really um, monitoring that and getting the information, mm-hmm. then 
you know, five years, 10, 20, 30 yeah, years yeah. from now, that's when we can say, okay, let's look at, you know, some significance and what the data is telling us, yeah. which is, I mean, that's what we're all about. The stream being open from, you know, February to April is obviously it's high, high water year, right? Through all that yeah. springtime. So, yeah. and we found out today we're, you know, decent anglers and we caught one. one well, one I'm, I'm like intermediate. <laughs> and to say that you're decent is, is kind of like a, you're, you're it's it's hard good. it's tough to fish in here you have yeah, trees everywhere it yeah. um it's it's really it's tough. definitely not easy but it's yeah. beautiful man yeah, yeah well i mean that's what that's one of those things place. where catch a fish you know I, we talked about how uh this fall last fall um you know six six bucks were, were harvested from the property mm-hmm. um but i didn't talk to one hunter that was disappointed you know, that's part yeah, of it too, is yeah, that the experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, we've got people that all come down here and whether they're, you know, they're fishing or they're hunting, it's, it's really about being out here and yeah. hiking around. I mean, that's why most people, we, we do this anyways, you know, it's part of, it's the thrill of the hunt, thrill of the catch, all of that. But it's also, it's just being able to be in remote locations and not have to hear cars driving by or people yammering on and just being able to sit there and listen to the and creek and the birds and freaking 10 minutes from chico <laughs> yeah it's crazy if you you're know. if you're driving yeah, yeah. 25 like minutes just, down an like hour out helicoptered in here though you know right once you get past the gate yeah um, and it was cool. cool i think i saw about 10 10 or 15 salmon flies flying yeah. around i'll post some pictures for a the lot show of notes too I but, saw it um, off. it's it's so cool to see that stuff yeah. i mean it's like it's it's really neat yeah really really neat and and like i said you know you'll you'll come up here and you will you'll be surprised if you run across another human you're more likely to run into a bear as it is right. you know um you know upper park gets whatever thousands of people on a weekend mm-hmm. day we will get seven or eight people sign into our visitor log um wow. which is which is great you know it means yeah. that and like you said, the access is a thing. It's not for the foolhardy. It's like if right. you're coming out here, you know, you're going on a mission and you're yep. willing to hike around and expend some calories. But yep. um, come it's prepared. Definitely worth it. Be full. You know, I, I recommend being fully clothed because the poison yeah. oak is I everywhere. Mean, yeah. There's tick. There's it's a tick a similar, factor. I think it's a similar gear setup to if you're going to go do the McLeod. It's the same. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. bring a hydration pack. Yep. Bring we some, are in the wilderness. We've got some right. roads. Yeah. <laughs> for our right. access but this yeah. is wilderness absolutely yeah. awesome well what about um what's what's the future hold for this uh this place what are, what, what are your hopes and um how how can we or the listeners help yeah well um like i said i'd I really like to be able to start uh, you know more intentionally engaging anglers and 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 allowing some more access and more opportunities where we host events and you know just you know planning that out will be a process but deciding Okay, you know, whatever, every once in a while, we'll throw people in one of our four by four vans and we'll drop them off in different parts of the river, give them radios, and then pick them up later in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing could be really cool. Um, yeah, awesome. <laughs> uh, also, you know, for us, we're, we're really trying to kind of diversify what we do as well. Um, you know, I kind of came in here and realized that, you know, as a nonprofit, um, our funding source comes with working with the university, but I'm hoping to be able to diversify that a little bit more. So, you know, we're going to try to build our donor base and get more people out here to realize what this space is. And, and then also, um, you know, help help uh, get more resources that way so we can do more with the land and conserve more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, going after more grants and things like that. We're hoping mm-hmm. to do uh, much more um, habitat restoration management and, and really just increase increase our um our educational mission out here 
whether that's through the university, but also uh, a high engagement of citizens in our community. Did you have a, a basically a goal to hit by May first? Um, yeah. For, so and f- yeah, to get so, matching dollar, a matching dollar. Yeah, absolutely. We actually uh, had a, a very um, a generous contribution by a retired professor, um, a professor West Dempsey, uh, donated forty thousand dollars that we're putting towards a match campaign. Um, so any any donations that come to us. Um, uh, and if they write match for West Dempsey, then I'll, I can probably push it past uh, May 1st uh, in case, <laughs> depending on when this podcast airs. Right. Um, but yeah, he's willing to match up to $40,000. So that's, that's really exciting for us. Wow. Those are the types of things that we're going to hope to continue to do out here. Um, and we're also, we're always also interested in having more people on the land and, and yeah. volunteer capacities, things like that. Um, so one of the things that I would highly recommend is following our Facebook page. Um, how do you, how do people find it? Yeah. So, uh, we are the big Chico Creek ecological reserve. You search for that on, on Facebook. You can also find it through our website, which is www.csuchico.edu slash B C C E R, which is our, you know, big Chico Creek ecological reserve. That's right. B C C E R. Uh, And we're also on Instagram. You can search big Chico Creek ecological reserve. Um, we've got all that that good social media stuff going. Um, And especially on our Facebook, we're always posting any of those community events, like I was saying, like the mushroom foraging, or if we were gonna do um, a fly fishing event up here, something like that, we would be posting that on our Facebook if we were opening it up to people. Um, Henry Lamelli would probably be interested in the the mushroom thing. Yep. I'm sure he spent some time up here. Hopefully he's listening (laughs) and he'll call me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Spring is my favorite time out of year up here. Yeah, it's, great be- too. it's beautiful. You know, I mean, we are a little bit higher elevation, but we're in the canyon. You know, it's 110 in Chico. It's 105 yeah. up here. It's yeah. Not- yeah the, the thing that struck me was coming in here. I, I just thought it was cliff all the way up 32. Mm. And this is like this nice little gradual, not a gradual slope, but I would say yeah. like a 30 degree slope down yeah. right to the water. Yeah. yeah. And there's a nice manicured road. Yeah. The rest of the creek is not like yeah. that. Canyon walls on both yeah. sides, big boulders. What so. do we? So what do we have left other than to you know cut a key for us for the gate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Eli, for yeah. uh, coming on the show and, and showing us this area and yeah, for sure. having driving us all the way down to the to the water's edge. It was it's a really cool experience, and we can't thank you enough. Yeah. And hopefully, we can work together to to help you know help build. Um, you know, support for this area. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you both for coming out. And um, yeah, I mean, I invite you and any of your listeners, please reach out anytime, you know, go to our website, our contact information up there. And, you know, we want to engage people. We want people that want to be on this type of land. And I'd also like to just invite everybody out to an open house that we're having on April 21st uh, from one to three. Um, once again, they, people can find that on our website at www.cscchico.edu slash B-C-C-E-R. Um, and we're going to mainly be up by our headquarters, but we're going to have a bunch of tables and booths out. It's family friendly. We're going to be talking about all the stuff that we're doing out here. So it's a great way to get introduced to the property, get, get access in so you can actually drive down a little bit, um, and, and have a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. We're coming for sure. Yeah. We'll, uh, let me, maybe we'll mark you up again. Some little kids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So I got a few plugs before we shut this baby down plug away um, okay so the first thing is the uh the podcast we need you to rate rate us there we go leave a <laughs> review and rate us and you guys have really helped us out actually get uh higher up on the itunes rankings we started at like 
number 23 for fly fishing and now we're ranking number six due to you know support from you guys and please keep us at the top that's awesome yeah the more uh listeners we get the more you know foot soldiers for the conservation army i like it cool what else um well we're we're making some good progress on on a few different uh software projects that you guys will hear about pretty soon um the leaders website leaders.barbless.co is uh basically out of beta now uh encourage you guys to go check it out you can sign up with um google you can sign up with facebook or you can use your email and password and that's that's all new stuff that we added how do people get onto a get our newsletter uh newsletter yeah so that's podcast.barbless.co at the bottom um of every footer on that on that uh, site there's a sign up form just put it in there we we're sending out monthly newsletters now that kind of recap all the episodes we did and also um talk about some news conservation stuff fishing stuff uh all kinds of different things events and then speaking of events we have um we have the what it's the fly film tour is coming to grass valley nevada Nevada city City, on the 7th so next weekend we're going to publish this episode monday so uh yeah the 7th you can still get tickets at the at flyfishfilmtour.com i think is a url but just google it uh we'll be there nick myself uh the wives sounds good yeah be fun all right thanks again eli hopefully we'll see you guys next weekend because that's going to support uh cast hope very cool get kids out on the water boom Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. This podcast would not be possible without support from our sponsors, FishBio and Amp.Bill. FishBio is a consulting firm that offers a fresh approach to fishery science. They specialize in fish research, monitoring, and conservation with innovative uses of technology and communication. From their offices in Chico, Oakdale, and Santa Cruz, California, to Vientiane, Laos, FishBio is committed to solving natural resource challenges locally and globally. Learn more at www.fishbio.com. And Amp.Bill. Amp is a software design and engineering shop located in Chico, California. Amp creates beautiful apps for mobile and desktop devices, wearables, and the Internet of Things. Amp develops native, web, and hybrid apps on a variety of platforms. Chad, who co-hosts this podcast, is the agency's founder. Learn more at www.amp.build.